Hello and welcome to the Stuck in the Mud podcast. My name is John Proctor and this is season seven of what has become a real encouragement to me. Um, I love doing this podcast and I've actually been kind of uh, looking forward to recording these few episodes that I'm doing this morning uh, sat in my office at work in the bridge. The Bridge is a youth centre that I've managed for the last 13 years and uh, and it's nice to sit here this morning. Generally, I would actually be recording this at home, but because it's the summer holidays, it's a bit mean to make my family. Um, often when I um, record at home, I'm like, okay, everyone, you have to be quiet just for like, say, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. And, um, and, uh, and, and so it's a bit mean to do that during the holidays. Often I actually try and do podcast recording when everyone's at school and my wife's at work and things like that, because I can blend recording the odd episode into the rest of my job, which is really cool and something I'm really feel privileged to be able to do. But anyway, this is season seven of the Stuck in the Mud podcast. If you don't know already, the Stuck in the Mud podcast started with my book, Stuck in the Mud, Stories of Hope for When You're Stuck. You can get that on Amazon. You can get it from Christian bookshops. You can pretty much get it from anywhere. Uh, In fact, in the early days, I used to joke that you should go into Waterstones and say, I really like Stuck in the Mud, Stories of Hope for When You're Stuck. Um from John Proctor because um, it would be on their database and they'd have to then order it for you. I used to to say that. I think I said that a few times on the podcast. Uh, Don't worry about doing that. It's a right faff and it's really only for my own enjoyment. So um, so don't worry about that. But um, but this whole podcast started with um, that book and the first season was very much about talking about the book. I read some introductions to uh, to some themes. Then I interviewed some friends and some uh, colleagues who had things to say about disappointment, about uh, creativity, about parenthood, about ministry, about youth work. Um, and those episodes are available, I think, in season two. They're also available on my YouTube channel as videos, which is really cool. Um, and uh, and and you can uh, get those just at um, if you put in John Proctor, P-R-O-C-K-T-E-R on uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to find those. Um, um, then the next season was very much about um, the audiobook, and I recorded the audiobook to uh, Stuck in the Mud, and I loved doing that. Moved on then to recording some retrospective episodes based on blog posts, and those blog posts were things that I really felt, um, uh, you know, it was really good to revisit because they gave me an opportunity to figure out whether things that I wrote uh, had any kind of long-term worth. And that was a really great exercise for me. If you listened to any of those, I hope you enjoyed them. The next season then was a personal development season. And I wrote those personal development posts so that I could turn them into podcasts. It's the first time I'd ever really done that. Uh, And now we're in season seven talking about schools work principles that I wrote for 
uh, an organization called Premier. Now, Premier have this fantastic website called Premier Next Gen, or sorry, Premier Next Gen. Um, and I'm going to put the link to that in the description for this podcast. It's Premier, N E X G E N.com. It's a great website for families it's got lots of youth work resources it's got my column which is great um it's got all sorts of different things in there um and it's a brilliant website for anybody who are looking for that kind of encouragement in their discipleship walk in their christian walk Uh, and if you're listening to this as someone who perhaps isn't a christian and I know some people listen to my podcast who, who aren't Christians. I, I just think it's a quality website. It's based on, uh, obviously, um, a basic Christian belief. Um, but it's not dogmatic. It's not political. Uh, it's just very, very uh, encouraging. It's very wholesome. It's very good. And it has lots of Christian responses to things. So I'd really want to recommend that to you. Um, and I love writing this column. Now, let's get back to... Uh, why this column is now a podcast and what I really wanted to do was take those uh, columns and 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 give them a bit of an airing on my uh, on my podcast so that I could talk a little bit about these principles often I think that I write in the same way that I speak and so they're quite nice for me to to read out and I think there's always I don't know if this is true of you listening to this but there's always somebody who would listen to something rather than read it and so although I wrote these for premiere and so it's not appropriate for me to repost them as text I thought it would be really good to just read them and to perhaps give some extra commentary and to give some context and to signpost you to the premiere website which is something I would recommend anybody do so here we go this is season seven and this is you this is entitled you should run re conferences now obviously (laughs) before i start reading this if you're not a schools worker um then this whole thing might go over your head but do you know what listening to it anyway get into it how see whether there's something encouraging for you maybe it'll just give you an insight into what i do for a living anyway Let's get on with it. You should run RE conferences. And this is a bit of a deep dive into school's work, but it's something that I really love. Uh, And in my professional life, I would always be really advocating for a set of principles that people could... um, people could follow, uh, people could emulate. uh, And this is something that I love. Maybe it's just very me, but I I would love to encourage you. If you're a schools worker, if you work uh, in schools and youth work ministry, then conferences is a great encouragement and something that I'd like to encourage you to consider. So here we go. You should run RE conferences. Imagine a school's work opportunity that could draw together all your key schools, your most important staff contacts, your colleagues and friends from like-minded school's work churches and projects. What if that opportunity could also get the attention of your local SACRE and the press and also serve to enhance your evangelistic mission with young people? 
that sounds like exciting news, can I please encourage you to consider running into school philosophy and ethics RE conferences? Meaningful strategic relationships. As I write this column, I'm acutely aware of the current shortage of youth and schools workers in the country. When I speak to organisations about recruitment and filling available roles in localities, I hear a similar story from everywhere. The workers are few. As a result, some may read an article like this, feeling as if I'm presenting a pipe dream. After all, how can we hope to achieve larger schools projects when we're struggling? Do stick with me though, because this shortage of workers makes conferences very strategic and maybe even more doable than ever. Some of you reading this will be working in large teams, running multiple programs and events paired with local evangelistic engagement. Of course, your experience may be as a lone worker, taking opportunities as the invitations come. Whatever your working experience, can I please encourage you to invest more of your resources in meaningful strategic relationships. I want to encourage you that partners and friends in your area can and will enhance your impact. Finding those people and building your relationships really is the first step to running a successful schools work conference of the kind I described from the start. For me, this all begins with all your key contacts trusting you, your motivation and your future agenda. If you read nothing more from this column, please take that in and keep it as a foundational principle of everything you do. What's the current value of conferences? That's the title of this next section. In May 2021, Ofsted released a research paper on the current state of RE provision, which you can read from the um, Religious Education uh, Review series on the Ofsted website. There are, of course, many takeaways from the report, but two of the most striking elements for me were the emphasis on the following. One, RE being relevant and applicable to the life of students inside and outside of school. And two, high quality RE provision needing to address the lived experience of people who have faith. When I read the report, it was clear that RE curriculum should focus on meaningful, detailed faith life experiences that impact and enhance the student experience. Ofsted is clearly on the prowl looking for schools who aren't meeting these standards in RE provision. From a slightly different perspective then, I'm noticing a greater emphasis on schools trying to create a more cohesive community experience with key staff members tasks with enhancing links with the local community. Don't be surprised if your secondary school uh, links transitions community relationships and local charitable events into a single strategy that you will undoubtedly be able to make a difference in. Given the importance of meaningful, learnt and lived experiences in the classroom and community, this might be the perfect time to invest in conferences. Recently, I ran an inter-school conference, the one, and one of our local RE heads commented about it in the local press. 
This is the quote. Religious education adds an extra dimension to a student's learning, and events like this offer a safe space for them to explore challenging issues. I love that little quote. What kind of themes should we focus on? If you have any links with primary school ministry, you'll already be aware of things like experience Easter, Pentecost and, and Christmas. Sadly, there hasn't been a resource that's captured the secondary workers in the same way that primary resources seem to unite the church. Not to say that there aren't great ones out there, because there are, you just have to look harder to find them. The best conference experience I think I ever had was using the Youthscape Rage, Despair and Hope material with Lat Blaylock teaching. If you don't know Lat, he's an excellent resource and one of the most knowledgeable conference speakers I've ever worked with. I've personally organised and hosted many inter-school conferences and on that occasion we used a local church and put up a whole series of large triptychs on the theme of the book of Job. Lat taught on the experience of multiple faith stories and drew some significant work out of the young people. I'll always recommend Lat, but even he would say that you don't need him. The most important thing is that you teach universally relevant themes that schools need to focus on. For example, on one occasion I ran a conference called Me Versus You, an exploration of the personal needs versus the needs of others. Another conference was about wellness and the Christian faith. Most recently I ran a conference called An Evil Day, which focused on evil and goodness in the world, Incidentally, that conference was also taught with that. The key for you will be to figure out what you can offer with your partner churches and ministries, considering what your school will actually respond to. Top tips for running a great conference. I love running conference experiences, and you might have picked up that I'm passionate about you giving them a go too. But if this all sounds like a lot, please don't panic. Conferences aren't difficult to put together. There are some things I've found helpful though, and there will undoubtedly be other factors unique to you and your expertise that you can share with me in the future. So, number one, have a clear, easy to say yes to theme. Schools are hectic, high stress environments, so ensure your conference is as easy to say yes to as possible. Think of the simplicity of a great logo and keep your conference title as punchy as possible. You can always add detail to the explanation. Remember the conference titles above, Rage, Despair, Hope, Me Versus You, Wellness in the Christian Faith, An Evil Day. They're short and snappy and pretty much tell you what you're going to expect. Two, keep booking procedures simple. You may not realise that when a staff member goes on a trip, they have to request permission. Write a proposal, fill in a risk assessment, send letters home. They will also likely have to fill in a cost analysis to explain how much the trip is going to cost per student. With this in mind, please do all you can to make it as easy for your key schools to come as possible. 
try to make bookings as easy as an email confirmation to you and only gather essential information for yourself. Number three, treat students like delegates. Part of the conference experience is helping students to think like university or college students. This is also a unique selling point for your conference and shouldn't be underestimated. Try and treat your students like delegates. Why not also give them a pen, a bottle of water, maybe even a keepsake and a key quote for the day? Number four, pair key youth workers slash pastors with their key schools. When you're putting together conference experiences, put a team together from various churches and projects. Come back to your relationships and create an environment that speaks loudly about the time, the type of community we're trying to build. Number five, have a key coordinator who isn't the conference speaker. When I run conferences, I try to ensure that I've got several things in my bag as a crisis kit. The first thing is often batteries. Uh, the second, pens the third, sellotape, and the fourth, bin bags. Doesn't matter who fulfills this role as long as they understand good relationship building. But do try to make sure there's one other person with a little crisis kit who's also making sure all the right people have tea and coffee in their hands. That person will most likely be the person the school staff will talk to throughout the day. Number six, share the story. Once you've been through the experience of running a conference, you must share it. <laughs> make sure you take great photos, record how many people came. Also, try and make a point of gathering reviews and comments and commendations. It's so hard to share the story without good information. So here's another quote from a teacher who attended this most recent conference of mine. Today was an opportunity to challenge students to think outside the box. Throughout the day, I saw students developing self-confidence by contributing their thoughts and insights. Religious studies is a creative and thought-provoking subject. This conference was designed to support and ignite the creativity in students, which in a busy curriculum can often be lost when teachers are teaching to the exam. So there you go. That is my post on running conferences and it probably for you, no matter what your um, uh, sort of work or background, it probably opens up uh, some wider questions. Uh, the first question might be, uh, why did I need to know about conferences? I work. Uh, <laughs> I work in the shop or I work in a factory. But for those of you who are working in in schools and youth ministry i hope that that's been an encouragement to you um and 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 i'm certain that the questions that that would have been uh, raised for you in this particular episode will be far more to do with whether what i'm talking about is doable let me just come back to the key 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 points here and that is about relationship because 
everything that you do in youth and schools ministry is connected with the rest of the young people's lives. Whether you like it or not, you might be the top of the tree in your particular church, the youth pastor who's, you know, the the biggest and the best, and that's fine, except you're still only a minor part of your young people's lives. You're perhaps making an impact on about 5%, maybe 10% of their entire lives. And, and, and more than anything, take this um, idea of conferences, but listen through the things that I said to you. Connection with the school, connection with other members of staff in other schools, connection with other practitioners in the area, connection with conference speakers, connection in so many different ways you are as an individual in a really good position probably one of the best positions to open up relational boundaries because you don't work for an institution that has to keep within its own four walls there's no reason why for example your church couldn't be a hub for relationships around the entire region you should be valuing those things now an individual school does work within its own four walls yes they may value and need to value um, their community um, and and really that is a that's a big deal but they'll do that all on their own terms the great thing from a christian youth ministry point of view is that you can work relationally on other people's terms you know create a shared space call it a conference um, in this context but you could create a shared space in so many other ways in networking in youth events these relational principles are foundational in everything that you do and I really want to encourage you to embrace that forget the rest embrace that so I hope you're doing really well if you're listening to the summer, I hope that you're really enjoying your summer. And, uh, and I really hope uh, to see you soon. Thanks so much. <laughs>